0: And relax. This is Top Up. I'm Charlie Clausen. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie Clausen. How are you? Good, Will. And uh, we should start off by saying it's our super producer Mike Howell's 100th episode. And I can actually see him today. He's, he,
1: our AI, seems to have taken human form. He's uh, in the corner box of us actually podcasting today, which is not normally what happens. I feel like. That Has something to do with the hundred episodes? Like, the hundred episodes was the first part of his you know AI robot, you know, testing. It was Westworld, sort of, you know, before the initial incident, mm. and now that he's got to 100, would you he's say taken
0: w- some vaguely human form? It was his beta period. He just a hundred episodes just to test out the uh, frailties of the human form, but he feels like he's solved most of them now. He's ready to be implanted into an organic mass, and here he is.
1: Yeah, well, it's like when they come up with a new iPhone or a new like computer game or whatever, they have like an audience of. You know, a thousand people or whatever who have this closed circuit on the game and can play it and test it and see if there's anything the designers Mm. haven't spotted in it. That's what Tofop's been like. There's been a select amount of people who listen to this podcast. Not too many. (laughs) It's been in test mode. It's been in beta mode up until this point. But as of today, we go full alpha.
0: I've got to say, I'm finding it quite disconcerting. Don't take this the wrong way, Michael, but I'm trying to minimise your window because it's quite strange to have an audience of one staring back at us. I'm just trying to work out how I. Oh, thank you. Great. He's just shut the. He shut his camera off. And that's much better. Oh, now he's back, and it's terrifying. No, it's a still. That's much better. Okay, Will's gone full screen. I feel much more relaxed. I don't know. Ironically, I wasn't relaxed when the show started because we had a silent observer, a silent Viking watching us from the shadows. Well,
1: more than like an AI come to life. He had a very touch of a television show we've talked about on TOFOP before, Wurzel Gummidge. You know, the scarecrow who yeah. came to life. And because, because where Michael was sitting in his seat, there was this like dummy, like, you know, a kind of mannequin dummy that he'd has, he dressed up in Halloween gear.
0: I believe it's a uh, something that you practice boxing on. It's one of those kind of dummies you punch and kick. It's like a torso, male torso. Yeah, it's like featureless you know, male torso. man
1: has one in his training lab, sort of. Deal.
0: I mean, we're we're saying that, or it could actually be a male torso, a cadaver that Michael has dragged into his basement. Has <laughs> just jauntily put on a pike,
1: put like a Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> mask and a Hawthorne scarf on, and we've just got oh, isn't that delightful that human corpse he has behind him.
0: That Buffalo Bill's a real character.
1: Yeah, I went around to his house. He's always got lotion. It's a cool hangout. <laughs> My skin has actually never felt better. He's a good friend.
0: Uh, now, well, it's been a fucking, it's been a bit of a shit week for me. Uh, the bin has still not turned up. <laughs> the bin is gone. I, uh, As I informed people last week, I did a bit of a hunt around. I couldn't find it. Anywhere. I do have an interesting new lead, though, having spoken to the lady at the council.
1: Okay, well, tell me. Uh, like, this is all for our new movie, Dude, Where's My Bin?
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Fosdyke. There's your uh, companion piece to last week's artwork, Dude, Where's My Bin? Uh, yeah, no, I spoke to them at the council and I, uh, immediately pointed the finger at teenagers when, when I explained, oh, I said, look, I think it's been stolen by. you turned by... into an old
1: man? Firstly, you're cleaning up their bomb yeah. cave and now you're pointing the finger at them for stealing your bin. Bloody teenagers. No evidence <laughs> that it's teenagers, by the way. You've just nah. decided in your old man Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn mind that somehow it's teenagers yeah. fault.
0: Yeah. A gang of teenagers, a gang of ruffians, <laughs> a gang of hooligans, yahoos, if you will. We'll... <laughs> Um, and she said more likely what happens with the bin is sometimes, cause you know, it's all automated. The little forks come out from the truck and they grab the bin and they toss it over the shoulder to get the rubbish out. He said, sometimes the forks don't hold the bin tightly enough and you get a bin tossed into the back of the truck. So she thinks that is maybe what has happened to my bin. I don't know if that's right. Look, I can't remember specifically the day my bin went missing. So, I think it was a couple of days after the rubbish collection. Popular children's book, by the way, The Day My Bin Went Missing. Kids love it.
1: (laughs) All my nieces and nephews love the Day My Bin Went Missing series.
0: I did notice there were some American listeners online uh, laughing, uh, kind of patronizingly, of our use of the word bin. Because, of course, I believe they use the word trash can. Yeah. They talk about their trash cans. And I know that you should be laughing at our use of the word bin. No, in
1: fact, I think bin is better because, like, bin is short for rubbish bin, obviously, um, in the same way as, you know, can is short for trash can. But you never hear anyone saying, you know, I'm putting my can out.
0: Did you just say can is short for trash can? (laughs)
1: well no i I mean in this example right so like bin we're using as an abbreviation for rubbish bin because there are other sorts of bins bins. but we're using like bin has become that sort of word of going we know it's a wheelie bin we know it's an outdoor bin it's it's your home bin right and but in the same way i'm Mm -hmm. saying that like they they would say trash can but you rarely hear somebody Mm -hmm. say you'll hear them say put it in the trash and they'll drop the can yeah but they won't drop the cash and leave the can like we do
0: have you ever used the phrase "waste paper basket?
1: <laughs> I mean, that to me just seems too exclusive. Like there's only one sort yeah. of thing, one sort of rubbish that you're one sort of trash that you're allowed to put in your bin slash
0: can. Like a waste paper basket. i mean, i'm I'm sure I have used it before, but to me, that's an exclusive that, that is pre-recycling, that was the domain of the office is you would have a waste paper basket, normally like a wire a wire basket that you would put, like, photocopier paper into, scraps of paper. But now we have, everything goes in a recycling bin. Yeah, so the recycling bin is the waste paper basket, but it's also the waste plastic basket. What do Americans call a recycling bin? Is it a recycling trash can? And is it, it's not really a trash can, it's still a big plastic wheelie bin.
1: Recycling can. It's not recycling trash. This this, this, country's falling apart. This is bullshit. (laughs)
0: They call it a recycling bin. So hang on. Hang on. Ordinary trash is a trash can, and recycling's recycling bin. Make your bloody mind up, America. Because only bloody those feminist
1: snowflake cuck British recycle. Because <laughs> in Trump's America, making America great again, you don't recycle if you're a real man.
0: That's right. You just don't even. You don't even use a trash can or a bin. You just throw it out the window.
1: Exactly. Someone else's problem. This is America. Marga, where's my hat? Oh, I threw it out the window. <laughs>
0: Uh, so she, um, she, the lady at the council said, look, we'll send you out another, another bin straight away, but it hasn't arrived. And I started getting worried that maybe, maybe I'm being targeted. Maybe the bin did get dropped off. And those same teenagers who stole my first bin have stolen my second bin. So they've got my original bin and now they have a brand new bin as well.
1: I mean, this seems like a comprehensive plan for teenagers to hatch. I feel like teenagers <laughs> would have lost the interest in the, you know, how long it's going to take you to get a replacement bin. However... I do like the idea that it's a neighbour who needs a new bin. They know they can't have your bin because it's got a chain on it. It's been modified, as you said. But it's also been used in quite a (laughs) disgusting fashion, as you revealed, like on the show this week. And so I think they looked at your bin and they've hatched this long-term plan. They didn't want your original bin. They've sacrificed your original bin in the hope that when the brand new bin is delivered, they can intercept that delivery and they can get themselves a brand new bin, which they can then fashion as their own. And you won't know that they've stolen your bin. It's actually a perfect crime.
0: Why wouldn't they just order a new bin for themselves? Why don't they just call the council and say, hey, my bin's gone missing. Like, you know, set up some... Uh, 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 like a a scam where they like push their bin off a cliff or down some stairs or something like that and then call the council and say, I don't know what happened to my bin. Uh, Maybe they want two bins. Maybe
1: they feel like they are, like,
0: you know. Well, that's that's what I think these ruffians, these teenagers, these yahoos, these hooligans. I figure in my mind, because summer's coming... You know, And I live in a beachy kind of suburb. I'm like, oh, they're planning for their summer parties and they just want something they can fill with ice.
1: Well, that's why they need a brand new bin. They don't want to put their ice in your dirty dog poo, fucking festy, fucking <laughs> chained up creation. Frankenstein's
0: bin. <laughs> Franken bin. Franken bin's monster. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, because they have to do, drop my. The other thing, the other. Uh, cu- uh, the, the curl in the tail, if you will, Will, if you will, Will, is that my address when you give my address it's not actually where the entrance to the building is often if you order an uber or a cab or whatever you find them waiting around the corner which is the actual street address but the address where you enter the building where the bin sit is actually around the corner and i'm worried again that the bin has been dropped off at the street address cuz they just would have been using their google maps and it's been sitting there and i haven't realized in time and someone else has taken my bin
1: well, it feels to me, Charlie, that your your schedule is not so chock full that you haven't been constantly waiting for this bin as being one of the highlights of your week. So, I think you would have spotted oh, the bin. Mate,
0: my my schedule has been jam packed this week. I don't know if you know Will, but um, apparently, there's a newsagent owner who's very angry with me right now.
1: Well, should we just finish up on the bins before we get to that? Because clearly, we need to talk about yet another disaster. Believe in the it or world not,
0: Believe it or not, and that is not even the worst thing that's happened to me this week. So, sure. Okay, let's wrap up the bin. Bin talk done. I don't know. Do they not give you some sort of
1: bin tracking number or some sort of bin tracker where you can sort of see if the bin's still at the council, whether it's on the way to your house? In fact, why don't all bins have a tracker in them? Shouldn't they be sent out by the council with a specific, like, you know, it's assigned to your household and they know that it's your bin and they all have kind of an individual thing and the local council can
0: monitor where the bins have been? I think it's a, well, is it like a shopping trolley kind of thing where you need to send someone out? There has to be like a bin wrangler. Like maybe there's a guy, like a bin whisperer, a guy who goes out like a lone wolf type dude who goes around and finds all the lost bins. Or is it a bit more like, you know, like a hard, a hard bitten crime novel about the guy who you call in because you've got a missing child. It's like, you know, my bin's been abducted. I'll pay you $10,000 to find my bin. Oh, are
1: you talking so- about some sort of binty hunter?
0: Yeah. Yeah, a binty hunter. <laughs> I'm thinking more gone, binny gone. <laughs> just some guy, you know, just some guy who's raised on the streets, he's got all the contacts, you know. bin. when in you can't go to the police. He
1: grew up in a bin, in a raised dumpster. In he a was bin. a dumpster yeah, that's baby, right. and he grew up with this impeccable d- <laughs> sense of being able to locate a bin. And he's always trying to find yeah. the bin that's, that's right. actually his home. That's what the show's about on a more meta level, is that one day he'll actually track down the bin that had his the rest of his family in it.
0: Because the problem is, Will, is bin people won't talk to the police. No. That's the problem. Like, if someone goes missing in the bin community, they're not going to talk to the police. They shut up shop. They've been fucked over too many times by the cops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. you, know who else they,
0: you know you know who else they won't talk to? Antifa. <laughs> 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 they get thrown through windows so bloody much. So, you can't go to the cops. You can't go to Antifa. You've got to go to this guy.
1: (laughs) I like the fact that we've now mentioned Antifa two weeks in a row on this podcast, which means that this podcast is now on at least 10 more lists than
0: it previously was. Well, as long as we get those Apple ratings up. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, (laughs) if
1: there's anybody from the government monitoring this podcast, uh, (laughs) patreon.com forward slash
0: tofob. I, I, look, I'll, I'll keep. I'm sure people are sitting on the edge of this well, with this bin I, here's narrative. That's what
1: I want to know. What are you doing with your yeah. trash in the meantime?
0: Well, someone down the road, because they have their number painted on the bin, I know it's from like a neighbor, they have left their bin out the front of my place for a suspiciously long time. Like it's just been sitting on the sidewalk where my bin would normally sit. And they haven't taken it back after bin collection. They didn't take it back, so I've just been using that. I mean, you know, if it's out in the streets, fair game. That's, you know my rules with bins on the street. Well, if you're going to leave your bin on the street, anything goes. Law of the jungle, law of the bingle, Laura Bingle. Oh my God, Laura <laughs> <Lara> Bingle. <laughs> That's how you get to Laura Lara Bingle. Law of the jungle, Laura of the bingle, Laura Bingle. I mean,
1: it makes a lot of sense because you have been saying to your bin, where the bloody hell are you? Have you (laughs) thought, Charlie, that at any stage that perhaps the neighbours down the street who've left their bin in front of your place have accidentally taken your bin back to their place and it's just been a straight bin swap?
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I did think that. Um, So I went because their entrance to their place is off an alleyway. And so I went down the alleyway and I was trying to look over the fence into their backyard, but it was a high fence and I felt a bit dodgy about doing that. But look, it could be the case that they have taken my bin. Um, I don't know why they would, because it's not like my bin is an upgrade on their bin. They're both about exactly the same condition. Last time I checked, their bin also had bags of dog poo in it from people who'd been walking past. (laughs) So... I said to the woman at the council, I said, look, it's no rush because uh, I didn't have much to dump in the bin. I probably do two big bin dumps a week, I think, mainly from the kitchen. Um, And I'd done one just before the bin collection, so I'd taken one out. But I'm getting near the point where I need to drop another bag of rubbish and bin collection's not till Tuesday night. So I am cutting it fine. But as long as this rogue bin, this new bin on the scene, doesn't get filled up, I should be okay. I mean, what I will do is if it gets to crisis point, I'll bag up the rubbish, I'll leave it on the back porch and I'll wait until the night before bin collection and then I'll run out and I'll dump it in someone else's bin.
1: Yeah, okay. That seems like a fair plan. I think that once everyone's put their bins out on bin night, then it's open game. Like basically, once you've put your bin on the street, if there's a little bit left in your bin and you're a nearby neighbor who doesn't have anything left in their bin, I think there's like kind of unwritten, you know, understanding that you can top up someone else's bin once it's out on bin night.
0: Okay, can you top it up with dog shit?
1: <laughs> Straight from the dog. After after the bins are yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I still don't, I still think that should go in your own bin. All
0: right, all right, all right. <laughs> so now you know our views, our comprehensive views on dog shit and bins. Okay, faxes. Uh, everyone send right.
1: facts. Everyone read facts. Uh, it seemed like one of the greatest of all toefop achievements. To be honest, we came up with a stupid idea on this podcast. We uh, faced a series of hurdles, including the difficulty of uh, finding a fax machine, getting a fax line in, all these sort of things. And we conquered them, Charlie. And when I say we, I mean you. And you were a real hero yeah. to me. Yeah. You, 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 you struck yeah, out... In a leadership sense, I I think. And like, you know, made some deals, some off the book deals. You took our Patreon money without authorization, made some off the book deals with some local news agent to receive faxes on our behalf. You monitored the faxes, you diligently collected the faxes. So Charlie. Uh, if people are listening yeah. for the first time, uh, firstly, welcome to the podcast. It's not always 15 minutes of bin chat up the front, but it probably will be until we find <laughs> a new bin. Uh, secondly, <laughs> yes, uh, we did receive faxes to this podcast until last week. Charlie, please continue.
0: Yeah, okay. So we uh, have these sticker books that we had made up. And we discussed off air, like, what would be a fun giveaways, you know, so we can give these sticker books away. And we're like, well, we've got this fax thing that seems to be going well. And the faxes had started to taper off. There was a wave of enthusiasm when we started in September. We got quite a few faxes. And then, you know, what had been a stream had slowed to something of a trickle. So we thought, well, why don't we use the sticker books to incentivize people to send us faxes? So we put a bit of a call out. I made a little funny little video. We... Uh, plastered the number of this news agent far and wide. And in my head, I thought maybe like we'll get, you know, a dozen or so, maybe 10 faxes over the course of a week. So maybe like two a day or something like that. Turns out we got a lot more than that. So I put that video up on Monday. I think Mike How put some info out on the socials around about the same time, about Monday. And we also had the episode get released on Monday. So, Tuesday goes by, no issue. Tuesday morning, I get a phone call from a number I don't recognize, and it's a message. And so, I play the message, and it's the woman who owns the store. And she's like, hey, Charlie, um, could you come down um, and get your faxes? And I was like, okay, cool. That's funny. She's never called before. Normally, I just sort of rock up at whatever time and and get the faxes. And so, I uh, wander down to the newsagent, and I stick my head in. And she was very flustered. Like she looked like she had not slept. Oh, no. And it turns out, she, it turns out she hadn't slept because the phone line <laughs> to their house also doubles as a fax line. So essentially, without realising it, we doxed this woman.
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh no!
0: So the way she oh. explained it was. She, like, I sort of said, hey, uh, what's going on? She grabbed this folder, this manila folder that she would always keep the faxes in and she thrust it at me and she was like, no more faxes. Stop the faxes. No more faxes. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? She's like, all night, non-stop, the phone ringing, ringing, ringing. And I was like... Oh, okay. I said, um, I'm really sorry about that. I said, look, we just, we did this competition and we put this call out and she's like, I don't care. She was like, day and night, day and night. She's gone. I was hanging up on people. She would like, get up. Cause I did have people message me to say, like, Hey, I'm trying to send you a fax, but it's not going through. <laughs> it's because this woman was like canceling calls, like nonstop. Oh no. And so, so I was like, well, how about a bit of financial compensation? How about a bit yeah. of brown paper bagging? You know, right? what are we like? Why don't we, why don't we, you know, let's double the monthly amount. She's like, no, done. No more. She, even when she gave me the faxes, she'd written, like, written up a receipt for us for the one month of faxes, like, just to make sure she didn't want my dirty money. You know, she didn't want anything. Here's your receipt. It's all above board, but you're out of here. Wow. And so I was like, I'm really sorry. She's like, I don't care if you're sorry. Take the faxes. (laughs) She didn't say She didn't say it in these words, but essentially it was like, take your faxes and get the fuck out of here. I don't care so if that's if when you're
1: sorry. <laughs> that's that's yeah. someone who has really been pushed to the edge when they're just like, because I can imagine you would be extremely apologetic. You know, you wouldn't go on the front yes. foot. You're offering more money, you know, and you know, you, you take a no as a no. But when she just says, yeah. I don't care if you're sorry, I just Never want to see you again. Take your faxes, get the fuck out of my shop and never come back. You are the worst (laughs) thing that's happened to me this year.
0: (laughs) So I left the news agent, went to the office and that's when I uh, got in touch with you and Michael. And I think I sent you a message along the lines of, hey guys, (laughs) like this is really blown up in our faces. We need to take down any references to that number Um, I then had to, so I think this is three days. So I put the video up asking for faxes on a Monday, then had to record a video on the Wednesday asking people to stop sending faxes. (laughs) And as someone on Twitter pointed out, like only on TOFOP would a scheme to get more faxes result in more faxes and result in us not being able to get faxes. I guess we
1: underestimated the appeal of a sticker book, Charlie.
0: Well, that's the other thing. So, a few people, since we put up the, uh, hey, stop sending faxes to this woman. And I've got to say, everyone towed the party line. Very proud of you guys. Like, for a minute, I thought, will people think this is a stunt? Right. Because it's happened in such rapid succession. Send faxes, don't send faxes. Like, I thought maybe some people might have thought we're playing games with them. Oh, we should definitely send them a fax. But no... (laughs) Apparently, there were no more factors. I did check. There were no more factors sent to She told you Wednesday to never come back, in. Charlie.
1: She told you she never wanted to see you again.
0: Well, here's the thing, Will. You know what I'm what I'm like. And I was raised Catholic. I feel a lot of guilt. I hate putting people out. The idea that I'd upset this woman and even put her out in the first place upset me. Yeah. So uh, I took some of that Patreon money and I went to a florist and I bought a big bunch of flowers. Oh, well done. So... I went to in there on <laughs> went in there on Wednesday, uh, Friday, sorry, and I gave her the flowers, and I, and she was in a much better mood. I think she'd had a couple nights sleep. <laughs> like the phone had been ringing off the hook. Yeah, she's in a much better
1: mood when she's rested, when she hasn't been kept up all yeah. night in some sort of Guantanamo based style torture technique of a fax machine ringing over and over again. That would break anyone. <laughs>
0: So I gave her the flowers. Uh, I wrote a little message from Topop from, from all of Topop saying thanks for being a good sport and we're sorry about that. And she was in a much better mood. I tried to explain to her what a podcast was, she didn't really get it. Okay. Um, I said if you know I offered her I offered her the right of reply. I said, look, I can put something online if you'd like to upload a message to the people who kept you up for two nights. I think it'd be hilarious. And she wasn't really into that. She didn't want to publicize it, wanted to stay anonymous. Completely, completely understand that. It was hard to know what kind of flowers to buy. I actually asked the florist for some advice because I was like, I need to apologize to someone. But it's a very specific apology.
1: Did the florist ask what the nature of the apology was?
0: Yes. (laughs) And I told her, and she had no answer for me. I said, I I sent, I I, I said, my actions resulted in someone being sent too many faxes. And she said, "Uh, maybe some yellow flowers. So I got her a nice big. So, so apparently out there if you somehow end up sending someone too many faxes, yellow flowers are are, are the go. So look, I think we're on I think we're on speaking terms. Um, uh, uh I, I think she's okay. It was just that two day period, that forty eight hours of hell that she, she went through. And um I don't know. We could have anticipated that things I mean, we could have anticipated, if we really thought it through. Uh we underestimate the popularity of our shows on sometimes, I think.
1: Well, also, you just don't quite know what people are going to do, right? Because if those faxes had come consistent, if that amount of faxes had consistently come through over the like three weeks or whatever, it would have only been a couple of days, and then it would have been almost like the perfect mm. thing. But it's like it's like ticket tech or something, right? Like it's that idea yeah. that like you know all the tickets go on sale that day, and everybody wants to buy the tickets that
0: day. That they won't spread them out over a week. And part of me is like. If I hadn't done such a hard push, like if we had just left it at the episode of us talking about, hey guys, you know, send us a fax, best fax wins a sticker book. Maybe it would have been that trickle, but I had to push it. I had to record a video, had to get Mike Hal to push it on the socials. Like maybe that was the problem, like a bullet a gate.
1: Or maybe, Charlie, it's an example of the lesson that if we actually did anything at all to promote this podcast, it actually works. Like, you know... (laughs) I mean, That's imagine if point. we use yeah. these powers for good instead of destroying a poor woman's life.
0: Uh, funny you should mention that, Will, because next week we're doing our first ever live stream, and if people want to be part of that, they can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. sign up for any amount. That amount is deducted from your account monthly, so from a dollar up to whatever you feel comfortable donating. And over the course of the next few days, cow will release the details of, uh, I'll send you a link of how to uh, sign up for the live stream. So next Saturday which I believe is, let me check the date. Next Saturday is the... Next Saturday is the 3rd of November at 1 p.m., Uh Pacific what are we? Eastern Standard Time, Pacific Standard Time, what do they call it?
1: Michael, could you um put all the dates and times on our uh you know page that people can access and then they'll be able to see all the different time zones when we do it. But uh the other thing is can you also leave in how long it took Charlie to look up the date there? Because I knew the date the entire time and I didn't know whether I should just tell you what the date is because I thought you were gonna find it really quickly. Because we did a little promo test before this podcast where we said the date, yeah. and then I thought you were going to like, yeah, but and then it took you ages, I wasn't and I was sitting here the whole time going, do I just tell him? Oh, he's already looking it up now.
0: No, I didn't, but when we did the promo, I said at the time, I wasn't sure if that was the right date. I was guessing. Yeah, but and then I, was I said, right. yes, it so is you should
1: November be... the 3rd, and so, oh, okay, so you just don't believe what I oh, tell did you. you. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's exactly it. Why would I trust you? Yeah, so be part of the live stream. Go to patreon.com forward slash tofop And look, if the response uh, to the faxes can be duplicated with the live stream, that'd be awesome. This is something that we're trying to implement to become a regular thing. Um, You know, we've decided we want to open up the Patreon to everyone and we want to give you guys value back. So if this live stream goes okay, and chances are it probably won't, there will be another disaster, but it's very much on brand.
1: Yeah, tune in to see
0: the disaster. I mean, you don't want to miss whatever obvious disaster there's going to be.
1: I mean, And you know we will take your Patreon money and use it for good things, like hiring a fax machine for a month, then having to buy flowers as an apology for the person who hired us a fax machine.
0: (laughs) So we do have our last batch of faxes here, Will. Um, I'm sure it would have been more. But as I said, uh, she said she cancelled and hung up on a lot of people. So I apologise to anyone who couldn't get through. Um, But we'll go through these facts. And I've got to be honest with you too. Like, at first I was like, well, there's got to be another. Like, the facts can't be dead. Like, there's got to be another option. Like, I know there's like a a senior citizens um, community hall just down the road. And I'm like, they would definitely have a fax machine. And what are they doing? They're playing like bridge during the day. Maybe I can go down there and see if I can take their fax machine. So look, as of now, every unread fax is dead, but it's not all the way dead. If I find the right avenue to revive it, we will. But for now, we need to let the dust settle. We don't want to dox anyone else in my local community. <laughs> but I'm always, I will always have an eye out for fax opportunities. Okay, hang on. Just opening the last folder of faxes. Oh, shit, there's quite a few. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. All right. Hang on. (laughs) Uh, Okay, sorry. I'm back there. I just had to take a little break to sort out these faxes. But um, (laughs) to make matters even worse for this poor woman, um, I realized that we received a few duplicates. So not only was his phone ringing off the hook, it was some of the same numbers. I assume it's someone who couldn't get through or got hung up on and sent it through a second time. So right. For the last time, play the jingle, my cow. Ba ba Okay. Hey Tofop. Following oh following to my previous facts. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Okay. So this dude sent two. All right. Okay. Start that again. All right. <clears throat> hey, Will and Charlie. I decided to handwrite this because I thought it would be cooler to do so since uh, to do so since I faxed it. I wanted to tell you that I listened to your first ever episode and I have no idea why you continued it. <laughs> the shit you spoke. <laughs> I mean Never has something Summed up
1: this podcast More than that comment
0: (laughs) The shit you spoke about Should never be spoken about again (laughs) Yeah I agree To the audience I really recommend You don't go back that far Unless you want to listen About a story Drinking cum Off a redneck American's eye (laughs) However, I am grateful that you're still going strong. Your comedy is unlike anyone else on the internet. Keep going strong. I will always be a fan ever since I discovered you. <laughs> <laughs> kind regards. Tevin D'Souza? And he signed it. P.S. Try and pronounce my name correctly. Well, I can because I actually went to school with a D'Souza. P.S.S. I had to fax this from work. Didn't even realize we had a fax. <laughs> hey, mate. You didn't realize you had a fax. Is that fax machine for hire?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now that would be very on brand for Toefop if our faxes were just going to some random office, like you know, I don't know. Did he say where he was from? He didn't. No,
0: it doesn't say. Okay, doesn't say. Uh, He followed up though. He followed up. um, So let's see. First one he sent that. Joe, he sent his first one. Two, like he sent his first one on the 20th and followed up with his second one two days later that's, Okay, that's annoying <laughs> for the poor woman at the news engine. hey toefop, just following up to my previous fax I, I, I had in a rush I had in a rush sent you a fax without my email I had also forgotten to tell you that in my previous fax that I sent it from work that is a lie I tried to send it from work, but I failed. So I used HelloFax instead, which was easier to use. I'll keep this nice and short. Keep up the good work again. And he says, "I want that sticker album thingy. It sounds awesome." Okay, so that's why he included his email. But uh, I needed your actual mailing address. So uh, sorry, no no sticker <laughs> book for you. We'll work out something with the sticker books. Just 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 leave it with us. Maybe it'll have to be just like the best T-mail we get from now on or something. Okay. Next facts. To Colin Fop. Hey, fop. It's Ash again. Charlie, thanks for not reading the business name, uh, reading out the business name last time. I've only just started at this bleep. And while I doubt anyone here listens, sorry, well. I don't think it'd be considered a good use of my time or company equipment. Anyway, I wanted to share with you a delicious recipe I've been rocking and force on anyone who comes to dinner. I call it a halloumi burger. Oh, a halloumi burger, you say?
1: <laughs> what what manner of madness is this crazy thing he's dubbed the halloumi burger?
0: <laughs> so, you start with a block of halloumi. The Cheap Woolies brand one works best because it keeps its shape. And you slice it in half lengthways to make it half as thick. Then you cook it in a sandwich press. Toast it up real good. Get yourself some Turkish bread. Slice that open. Spread on some avocado beetroot dip and mayo on the bread, a couple slices of tomato and some baby spinach, then add the warm halloumi. Not exactly revolutionary, but delicious. Yum, yum, yum.
1: Yeah, not exactly revolutionary at all, in that it's pretty much a standard halloumi burger that you would buy at any place who has on the menu a halloumi burger. Like, it's all some variation on what you've just described. I mean, not particularly original. No, not original at all, unless you've never left the house before.
0: And my favorite bit was get the Turkish bread and slice that open. Oh, okay. So I don't just like wrap the Turkish bread around the halimi. I am familiar with a burger, Ash. Um, Just writing about the the deliciousness has made me want one. Dinner tonight is decided. You should join me. Not literally. I'm too awkward and shy and also a stranger who lives in Queensland. It's just not practical. But have one yourselves. Okay, bye, Ash. (laughs) Have one and think
1: of me, the inventor of the Halloumi yeah. burger. <laughs> it's not even really a burger if it's in Turkish bread. It's more a Halloumi sandwich.
0: Halloumi sandwich. Uh, okay. It does this sound is delicious by one. the I
1: way, this... I don't mean to mock your Halloumi burger. It sounded delicious.
0: Isn't this interesting? I have just noticed on these faxes, all of them give the date that they're received. And they're marked at 2017. Isn't that weird? Maybe these faxes have been going through like a like a time temporal displacement. Maybe a... that's
1: just when the warranty on the fax machine ran out. Like you can't get a new one anymore. So they're just using someone that's actually... We never imagined anyone would use a fax after 2017. So we never put in any numbers in.
0: Okay. Now, some of these are handwritten. So they're going to be a bit more of a challenge for me okay. to read. Uh, two colon fop. Hey, Will and Charlie. First time faxer. Long time listener. That should probably be the other way around. First time listener. No, first time faxer, long time listener. That should... Oh, as in long time listener should go first, right? I get you. Uh, I thought he was going to say I'm a first time listener, long time faxer, which would have been much more interesting. It's an incredibly
1: insecure way to uh, start the. Start, the, uh, start a, start a fax, isn't it, though? It's like Woody Allen's fucking written us.
0: I'm writing to let you know. That as a Patreon supporter, I wholly endorse this on-brand business decision of investing correspondence via fax machine. I'm currently writing this as quickly as as I can. No, I'm, car- I'm currently writing this as quickly as I can, as on pen and paper as opposed to email, and it's arousing suspicion from my co-workers. <laughs> <laughs> as you, a lot of, I mean, what we're getting insight here is a, a lot of. Australia's productivity is under threat because of this stupid fax idea. A lot of people are at work writing these faxes when they should be working.
1: I love that all it takes to arouse suspicions for from your co-workers is to use a pen and paper, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you've developed a penchant for analog technology and increasing distrust in artificial intelligence... What other technologies would you like to see revived for modern audiences, e.g. vinyls, cassettes, et cetera, VHS? Um, we have talked in the past about doing a TOEFOP episode just on cassette tape. I mean, I'd love to do that just as a collectible, but I don't know like uh, the practicalities of actually doing a conversion onto cassette tape or if anyone would actually be able to play it. When we did our live show at the Opera House last year, um, for people who have heard that episode, I... Uh, the second Opera House show we did, I recorded the entire thing on cassette tape. So I actually have the original, the masters of our second show with Bert Kreischer um, under the guise of trying to record ghostly sounds. I haven't listened to it, the whole thing, but there are the master tapes. I mean, that could be a, that could be a one-off Patreon reward, the original cassette recording of our second Opera House show. <laughs>
1: As recorded by a cassette tape player.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> like a cassette player that I had to order for the states because I could not find one in Australia, so I had to buy like a plug converter as well. And remember, during the show, I had to flip the tape halfway through because it was only like a it was like only a, a sixty minute. So
1: it might not be the complete show. It will be most
0: oh, of. Will, there'll be, be a gap show. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a, we'll do an auction on the Patreon. Hi, goes the highest bidder. Would you
1: like to get a shittier recorded version of something you can already download for free off the
0: internet? <laughs> uh, are there any other analog technologies you'd like to see revolve? Yeah, the house phone on the wall. Really? Why? I'm
1: trying to down my screen time, you know, and uh, right. so I've been basically turning off my phone when I'm at home and it's good. I, I think it's actually, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm reading more, um, you know, uh, and I kind of just in general feel like I'm less, you know, I, I think there is something to that idea that, you know, we're constantly, you know, fulfilling our dopamine hits with, you know, Instagram and Twitter and those sort of things. And that there is something about how you can't relax when you're in that constant heightened state. And I have to be a bit for work anyway, mm. like be across those things. So I'm trying to in my downtime just, but I've noticed that turning off my phone just freaks people out. People think you're dead. Because if they ring you and your phone's off and then they ring you like an hour later and your phone's still off, people just completely freak out. So I'm talking old school, phone on the wall, doesn't have an answering machine. So if you want to talk to me, you've just got to get lucky in that I'm at home at the time when the phone rings and that I feel like talking.
0: I'm uh, trialing a new dog walker at the moment. Speaking of analog technology, I was walking past my local supermarket and I saw stuck to the wall, just like the tiniest little type written like on a written on a typewriter little like uh, index card and it was like hello my name is so and so i'm a retired lady i love dogs you know if anyone needs anyone to walk or mind their dogs please get in touch just so happens that we are looking for someone to mind our dog and so um she doesn't have a mobile number she has only this and she has no answering machine so to get in touch with her like it took two or three goes to get in touch with her i went and visited lovely lady but i'm like i did have that fear of well, what if like I need to get in contact with her on an emergency or whatever? And it's like, well, that's my issue to deal with. That's not her problem. <laughs> like she's going to live her life. And then you know, if those two, to, two things meet up, you know, she'd love to sort of like get the you know get the work and mind the dog when that happens. But she's not going to sweat it if it doesn't. Right. It's like you old lady. You have <laughs> found the answer to life. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would uh,
1: take us back a little bit. So I am in favour of that old phone on the wall.
0: Okay. Further to that, do you have any thoughts on the 80s nostalgia influence on pop culture on movies like Ready Player One, Turbo Kid, or Music? Um, I'm not into it. I've spoken about this in the podcast before. I I really hate fan service, Force Awakens type movies where it's like, ah, ah, you remember this bit, don't you? And you're like this, and ah, here's that tagline and stuff. I feel like us Generation X, the guys who are running popular culture at the moment, need to start creating some new stories and stop trying to recreate what we grew up on. I think it's cool to have nostalgia and, you know, all that kind of shit, but it's like, you know, those, the, the storytellers and the, and the, especially in film, the filmmakers of that era were the ones creating these legendary, iconic characters. I don't want to keep going back to the well. I want to see new characters, original IP. Yeah, I, I don't know what
1: this decade, what are, what are we about now? Like, what's the, you know, Fuck, the, know, the style of movie, you know, storytelling or TV storytelling that we have now that isn't... I mean, there's a bit more originality, I guess, on, like, cable TV and Netflix and some things like that. But, um, but you know, in regard to going to the movies in particular, like, everything is a franchise movie or a reboot or it seems that everything that's being announced... Like, even on Netflix and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a Sabrina reboot and they're remaking... Oh, you know, there's a new Halloween movie and you're like, I mean, fine, whatever, but... At the same time, fuck, just,
0: is there not any new original stories? But it's also that idea, too, of, like, not every idea is fit for a reboot. I mean, in Australia, they're talking about, like, dusting off, like, a country practice and stuff. And it's like, well, that is just, you're talking about the most generic kind of drama there is. Like, you can, surely you can create a new drama about people who live in a country town and there's, you know, the loves and lives of all these different characters. But it's kind of like there's this fear of, oh, we can't, People will not take anything that they don't recognize the name of. But I don't think that is true. Like, when you, uh, what I often like to do is I'll go online and I'll Google, like, you know, top 10 independent sci fi, top 10 independent, and then hunt those films down, stuff that I haven't heard of. But, you know, people are well regarded and then watch that. And it's so much more exciting. Like, I keep, I went and saw the new Halloween movie, for instance, and I love the original Halloween, big fan of all John Carpenter's films. And I, this happens every time. It happened with Force Awakens. I get sucked into the marketing and I'm like, you know, I guess it's that dopamine thing again where it's like, yes, yes. I I remember the feeling when I first saw that film. I remember it's that iconic mask and all that kind of stuff. And then I was watching the film and I'm like, this is not the same. And it's, I would have much rather have seen Danny McBride and David Gordon Green do an original take on the slasher film. Like I get that, I mean, part of me, going into the film was like, I love this kind of, I love the mythology of this character, this Michael Myers thing, and this idea of like this, this random killing machine and, you know, who is he and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, they're going to get into that. And, you know, maybe it'll just be like, and it wasn't that it was just playing the hits. I mean, they, they tried to kind of invert some stuff and and it's a completely well-made film, but there was nothing surprising about it. Like that first original Halloween film invented a genre and now this is just the tail end of that genre there's nothing they're not reinventing the wheel i saw hamo afterwards and i said to him like you know i just keep having this thing where i'll go to see these reboots or whatever and i get excited because the marketing gets me and then i get disappointed the only film i haven't felt that way about was the mad max reboot and the reason that i didn't feel that is because george miller did reinvent it like everything you knew about the original mad max film he turned on its head That desaturated look that everyone associates with Apocalypse films. It was bright technicolor. You know, he shifted the focus off the Max character and brought in like a, a, a strong female character. Max went from being a stoic kind of cowboy to being a dude with PTSD who was almost like a comic relief character in a lot of ways. Like he flipped everything. And so it did feel like a new story. If you're going to do that with films, with recognized IP, then I'm all for it, like they do with comic books. Take that character that you know, but now you're doing it as this, or, you know, different genre of filmmaker or different genre of film. But, yeah, I don't, I I just, I get let down so often.
1: How about we do a Halloween reboot where Mike Myers is played by Mike Myers? Yeah. So we get Canadian TV comic actor Mike Myers. To play like an older version of Mike Myers looking back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about Mike Myers playing Austin Powers as a killer? <laughs> <laughs> Just put an extra bit of recognizable branding on top of it. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, okay, Ro- Ross finishes. Anyway, thanks for all the hours of entertainment you've provided to Tofop, Fofop and Two Guys, One Cup and answering my question about Shinboner Spirit as this takes a lot of time to produce from your other projects. I look forward to putting my Patreon money towards the Tofop answering machine. Sincerely, Ross tape uh Tophop answering machine that's a good idea yeah that, maybe we can just get like a dedicated phone line well
1: that's not a bad idea too because then we would have our listeners voices on we could play it on air yeah and get people to answer like ask their own questions now that's actually pretty good
0: yeah but but it should be like an old school answering machine not like a digital one like a tape one that we <laughs> that's all scratchy and stuff that each week we have to record a new message
1: <laughs> oh yes yeah, that's pretty good actually. I like that. That that sounds like a <laughs> Well good done, idea. Ross. Um, hey, uh new answer I have to finish up soon. So did you want to tell the other okay, bad well things let's, that happened to you? Should we do the, more faxes next time?
0: Uh, yeah, let's do let's say faxes. Okay, the last bad thing. So yesterday I was involved in an accident. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Look, things are okay. <clears throat> but it was pretty full on. I uh, I was driving, I was looking for a park on a fairly busy street. saw a park, put my indicator on and as I was pulling in, this cyclist came flying up on my inside and I saw him just in time and braked but he hit the bonnet and fucking flew. Oh Jesus. I thought he, I thought he was dead. Like he hit, he hit the car so hard and flew off the bonnet and I was like, holy fucking shit. So I pulled over, immediately sort of people came over and were attending to him and stuff. He was in a lot of pain. I went up, I was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry, I did not even see you. Surprisingly, he wasn't, angry <clears throat> i think because i didn't know what had happened it all happened so fast i, I was sure that i would checked my mirror and stuff but maybe it was my blind spot or whatever L- thank god i was only going about five kilometers an hour like i literally was just trying to pull into a park but um this kid it was amazing to see the way like just strangers jumped into action there's about four or five people gathered around this dude and this young guy was on the phone he called an ambulance and then because i was so freaked out and i was just like Fuck, what do i do i don't want to like I'm just going to stand back and, you know, when I'm needed to contribute, I'll contribute. So we helped get this guy off the road. This young dude came over to me and said, hey, man, just so you know, I saw the whole thing. It was no one's fault. Like he was flying up on the inside. He didn't see you. You didn't see him. You know, if you need me to kind of like be a witness, I'm happy to do that. Here's my number. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. But we had to get an ambulance for this guy. He was Brazilian, didn't speak much English. So that was a bit of a struggle because we were like, we couldn't tell where it hurt. We didn't want to move him or anything like that. Luckily, this cafe owner just happened to be uh, Brazilian, came out, translated for this guy. So everyone chips in, you know, the guy's like, it's his ankle that's hurting. It's his ankle. Everything else is okay. He's all right. Can someone call his girlfriend? Let him know. So everyone's going into action. So the dude wants to be moved just onto the gutter, just off the off the side of the road. So we sort of like gently move him onto the gutter. So the ambulance is arriving. We can see it coming, and this is typical, like so fucking Sydney. So we're like, great. We all clear to make space for the ambulance to pull over on the side of the road, so this guy can get this guy into the ambulance. This fucking Range Rover zips into the parking spot, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, yeah, nut. And so I go out to the window and it's like, it's an Alan Jones type, like this kind of rich, like, you know, Eastern Suburbs Sydney dude. And I'm like tapping on the glass. I'm like, mate, there's a, we've had an accident here. We're waiting for an ambulance. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I won't be very long. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is an emergency. We have to get this guy to hospital. And the guy's like, trying to ignore me, like winds his window up. And I'm like, hey, buddy, buddy. And I'm like banging on the bonnet. He wouldn't listen to me until finally like everyone has to come over and say to this guy, you can't park here. See those flashing lights behind you? That's an ambulance. And so finally the guy like rolls his eyes as if we've like put him out. Like he was on his way to some like fucking organic, uh, you know, uh, juice factory or something like that. He was so pissed off. But So he got moved. Ambulance came in. And uh, they sort of they sort of diagnosed it as like, it's a, well, it's nothing, no head injuries, no bleeding, nothing like that. Seemed okay, but they wanted to take him to the hospital for scans. So... Me and this dude sort of swapped numbers. I said, look, you know, anything you need to do, just give me a call, let me know. Um, And so they took him away. turns out I messaged him last night. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, man, just want to see how you're doing. He's broken his foot, um, which is a real bummer. Um, But it was amazing. In my head, I was like, because I've had friends who have done this, had this exact sort of accident happen in the States. Mm -hmm. And this is a moment where you're like, holy fucking shit, like, am I going to get subpoenaed or am I? is this guy going to, like, uh, uh, serve, serve me papers or whatever? Because in our country, this dude gets hit, he's going to get taken care of, like, straight to hospital, no worries. But if you're in a country where you don't have, like, universal healthcare, like, I've had a friend who ran over someone's foot in a car park and that person is suing him for a million dollars. I mean, that person whose he did run over was
1: Ronaldo, the soccer player. So yeah. <laughs> it's actually unders. Really should have taken him for a lot more.
0: Well, it was funny because I called the police as well. Yeah. Once the ambulance took off, I called the police just to say, hey, look, I was involved in a traffic incident. I'm not sure what the protocol is, but you know, I just want to sort of get in touch if I need to make a statement. They said to me, look, it's really up to the injured party to make a statement. He's got your details. If that happens and we need to get in contact with you, we'll get it all sorted. So I was like, okay, I think I've done everything I can. And I was talking to the cafe owner, the Brazilian guy, and I was just sort of thanking him for coming out. And, you know, he took the guy's, the guy's bike was fine amazingly. So he took the guy's bike in the cafe to hold on to it for him until he gets out. And I was saying, um, you know, thanks for helping out. Thanks for translating. And, you know, what a fucking shit couple of hours. And he was like, no, he's gone. Thank you for not like driving off. <laughs> And I said, what do you mean? He's gone. He's gone. I see fucking like accidents happen on this road all the time. And the amount of time someone just floors it as soon as they're involved in an accident. It's like, I was actually quite surprised that you pulled over and came back and gave this guy your number. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so I was feeling really good about myself. Then I'm like, am I a fucking idiot? Like, if everyone else has flawed it after an accident, should I have flawed it? Have I just, like, set myself up for some fucking massive shock?
1: I mean, seriously, Charlie, did you learn nothing in your years at the Mount Thomas police
0: force? (laughs) Nothing. I learned that there can be terrorist attacks, explosions, and multiple serial killers in a town of a population of less than 5,000. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. You got to get, yes, get out of here. I got to get out
1: of here. I am doing Josh Earls' podcast. Don't you know who I am? They're doing their final live one today, and I'm doing that. Um, people won't uh, hear this obviously before that is happening, and uh, I don't think he normally tells people who's on. So, but that episode will come out at some stage in the future. If you're not listening to Josh's podcast, it's it, it's excellent. It's a really good podcast. It's a game show that he developed and came up with himself. Um, it's a really cool show. It's uh, got heaps of great comedians on and you learn some new stories and some things about them. And it's a really fun game show that one of the networks should pick up and actually put
0: on TV, I reckon. But uh, anyway, it's called Don't You Know Who I Am by Josh Earle. And uh, don't forget, next week is the live stream, patreon.com forward slash Tofop for all the details. If you haven't signed up already, you should get onto it. It'll be fun, be part of the show, be part of the action. Uh, Do you have any tour dates, Will? Uh, Yes. In fact, uh, in a couple of weeks, I will be in
1: Pakenham and Bendigo and then the next weekend, uh, Noosa and Townsville. So uh, go to uh, comedy.com.au, Will Anderson, and uh, find all the details of those dates. But they're coming up with Justin Hamilton doing those shows as well. Oh, and oh, sorry. Uh, from the 7th to the 15th of December, I'm doing a week of uh, work in progress shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. I haven't been at the store for ages, and it's my favourite kind of stand up comedy room. They'll be sort of half muck around, half new ideas, half you know improv, whatever. I don't know, a lot of halves. Be, I'll jam all those halves into one show, and uh, they'll be fun.
0: You get 15 halves, you get one whole, yeah, I believe. So cool. uh, that's what my maths teacher taught me at high school. Uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.